0: Welcome to Fat Guy, Jack Guy. I'm Steph Rubino. And
1: I'm Brendan Walsh.
0: And today we're talking about the world's foremost tooth jewelry based rapper. But before we do that, we have a little message for you.
1: Please become a patron of Fat Guy, Jack Guy by going to patreon.com backslash fatguyjackguy. For three bucks a month, you're getting weekly bonus content. We'll send you some cool logo stickers and you'll be the first to know about upcoming merch drops.
0: Thank you guys so much. Enjoy the show.
1: Fat guy, jack guy, two wacky goofballs talking about stuff, fat guy. Let's talk for a moment about white rappers. <laughs> One of our
0: favorite subjects. Yeah,
1: we've started this conversation already. If you're a patron, you know. Uh, but if you want to listen to us talk about VH1's Ego Trips The White Rapper Show, become a patron already. We got a great discussion about white rappers and that weird show. But now we need to talk about white rappers and what they meant in the early 2000s. <laughs> This is before your frat rap, before your SoundCloud rap. You see, this was a time when there was essentially one white rapper you could enjoy unironically. <laughs> Talking, of course, about Eminem. Yes. All right. I'm going to give you a hot take, and I know you feel the same way, brother.
0: It's not really hot for this podcast. I don't really like Eminem. I don't really like Eminem. I'm sorry,
1: folks. <laughs> I know we're breaking your. I never hearts. liked him. I I don't like him.
0: It just didn't appeal to me.
1: I'll say this: in 1999, I was like everybody else when my name is came out and played on yeah. TRL for the first time. I was like, "What is this? This is incredible!" But Eminem's flow and lyrics just didn't really resonate with me beyond that very specific moment when I was 12 years old.
0: I was a poor white person.
1: <laughs> just I didn't still do it did, for you. It still did not-
0: for me yeah so I don't know and I don't know who he
1: was doing it for it was for a lot of people not because for of,
0: like the people that are directly a part of his audience yeah I but a
1: think. lot of people like Eminem I know. they love
0: him
1: and I didn't dislike Eminem because he is white I just didn't like his music very it's very much. simple it didn't get me hyped <laughs> it didn't relax me it didn't make me smile it didn't make me think oh I gotta get in the car and bump this shit it just existed and then I stopped listening At this time, remember the time period we're talking about here, 2003 or 2013, Eminem was omnipresent in the culture. Everyone called him a genius. Everybody called him transcendent. And, you know, he probably is both of those things to a lot of people. Yeah, sure. Just because I don't like him. I'll be kind. Yeah. Yeah. Just because we don't like him doesn't mean he's not a genius. It's okay if you like him. I
0: mean, I'm not going to be upset with you.
1: Yeah. (laughs) You know how someone tells you that you have to like this old movie, or this old painting because it's a masterpiece and then you just don't like it. And you kind of feel like you're missing this like elemental quality of what it is. That's me and Eminem.
0: Yeah. That happens to me a lot. He's like
1: Citizen Kane. I know he's important and probably great, but it just doesn't do it. Doesn't do it for me.
0: <laughs> I'm with you. I don't yeah. know. There's nothing more to say.
1: Yeah, that's it. That's okay. It. So let's, I'm going to move now. Okay. Okay. Eminem's whiteness was often center stage in this discourse about who he was and is. Yes, he's a great rapper, but he's white. Okay.
0: <laughs> How could it be? <laughs> I, I
1: don't think he planned for that. <laughs> no, but he did. You think he was like,
0: <laughs> I'm, be I'm white. white,
1: so I'm gonna be as great as yeah, I can yeah, be. He's yeah, maybe work hard I don't, to know. Be white. I don't know. When we talked about Eminem, we talked about him as the great white rapper. But what about those of us who didn't care that he is white and didn't like his music? <laughs> Great question. You know? This there's... is hard-hitting journalism. Okay. Now I'm going I'm to transition into talking about whiteness a little bit more. <laughs> like, all I do is trash on Eminem.
0: <laughs> this is the anti eminem and m podcast? Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> there's this weird thing about whiteness. The absence of it scares the shit out of white people. Mm-hmm. White people have loved hip-hop since its advent, and there have been solid white hip-hop acts for a long time. But before Eminem, none of it really mattered. Hip-hop is a black art form, and so whiteness in hip-hop for the majority of my life was a gimmick. Mm -hmm. You can take a look at Marky Mark (laughs) or Vanilla Ice. Even the Beastie Boys, which is an important group, understood that they had a specific niche within hip-hop. They weren't trying to yes. be transcendent within hip-hop. That's um, what
0: makes them important, yeah. in my opinion, actually. Yeah,
1: they were subversive, Yeah, which is important, but that's different than transcendent. In 2005, white America loved hip-hop more than ever, but they loved it as much as they feared it. You can listen to our discussion about 50 Cent and the Massacre. Right. Suburban white kids loved a certain hip-hop aesthetic, but they would never go to the neighborhoods where their favorite hip-hop artists were from and talked about.
0: (laughs) And it's still like that today. It's still like that
1: today, folks. There's an exploitative quality to all of this and an othering. Whiteness wants a filter and a distance for its consumption of black art. Whiteness was adjacent to hip-hop, but before Eminem, that was it. And I think Uh most people were okay with that. Yes, one out of three suburban white boys in 2006 <laughs> thought they could be the next breakout white rapper. Is that a scientific fact? Yes, that is a scientific fact. One out of fact. three? <laughs> I, pulled, I pulled every white guy from 2006. One out of
0: three white kids in the suburbs was freestyling. <laughs> like,
1: including many of my friends. You know, It's very normal. On this
0: is statistical. It's really... Yeah,
1: based on my friends.
0: Qu- yeah, yeah, it's fine. It's quantitative research. Yeah. It's
1: fine. Everybody had a friend who could make trash trap beats on GarageBand. <laughs> Or their cell phone! Yeah, or their cell phone. (laughs) Of course, there was an understood absurdity to all of this. Now the phenomenon remains, as you said, though the production for the random white rapper kid has gotten better. And there have been many breakout SoundCloud rap kids who capitalize (laughs) on the aesthetic and the sad boy rap craze. I'm sure that these kids draw from a variety of influences, and certainly many probably view Eminem as a jumping-off point. Or... Brother Ali, who I would vote is probably the actual best white rapper. (laughs) Um, Or Yellow Wolf or Mac Miller. Um, Whatever. Could we devote a whole episode to talking about whiteness's relationship to hip-hop in the aughts? We probably could. We
0: could probably do a series. (laughs) Are we going to do that
1: right now? No. Definitely not. (laughs) This is a bait and switch, folks. We're not going to talk about the complicated (laughs) history of race in America.
0: Surprise!
1: Today... My brothers, we are talking about a man who so effortlessly blended into hip-hop culture in the mid-aughts that his whiteness was always secondary to his image. A man whose lyricism, though questionably constructed, (laughs) conveyed a person who was comfortable with himself. A man whose existence wasn't a gimmick as much as it appeared to be. A man who you believed when he made the first, second, and third (laughs) carrot-related reference in his song (laughs) because he was simply that proud of his diamond-encrusted metal mouth. Folks, today we're going to talk about Paul Wall. The legend. That Houston boy (laughs) turned card-carrying swish-a-house freak who liked candy-painted cars and robot teeth. I present to you the fat guy jack guy tribute <laughs> to Paul Wall grills and being just proud of who you are. Yes. Before we get going on Paul Wall. Exciting. I just want to I want to be very clear for those of our listeners and I think there are probably a few who don't really know what a grill is mm. in terms of
0: Oh yes, we should define. Jewelry.
1: <laughs> We're not talking about cooking grills, okay? <laughs> More <laughs> Apache grills. Yeah. So grills, also known as fronts, also known as golds, are decorative coverings for the teeth. Yes. They're usually made of gold or silver, although there are many other materials and precious stones and enamel that are also used. So when we're talking about grills in Paul Wall. We're talking about teeth jewelry. <laughs> <But> teeth jewelry. <laughs> I'm not thinking these. oh, he might gr- I bet he loves grilling. I bet he does. I mean,
0: he definitely loves He's does. such a dad. He's a Houston boy. He's a, a dad, boy, and a wife a dad. guy.
1: You could see him out there grilling. He's <laughs> like, you know, got the burgers on the grill. Maybe his grill is also like a grill. Like diamond diamond encrusted. encrusted gold. That'd be sick. Probably.
0: I mean, a waste of resources, but yeah. also. Well,
1: his whole thing also- <laughs> is. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: so true. So
1: when his. his you know, money finally goes away. He can sell his grill. Yes. Grill. I hope
0: I, he's like one person that I hope has never put in that situation. I don't think situation. he will
1: be. I think he's doing pretty well. <laughs> he's got
0: like a lot of kids. He's
1: got a lot of kids and he's got a, a, a thriving jewelry business. So, <laughs> All right, let's talk about Paul Wall. Part two. Who is Paul Wall? Who is he? Many of you people probably don't know who Paul Wall is. I think our
0: the people in our age group do.
1: They might. They might.
0: He was so big.
1: I'll tell you one thing. My wife doesn't know who Paul Wall is. Well,
0: okay, but I'm sure my partner doesn't know either. She's about to. But she's about to. And and also, that's different. Yeah. I'm talking about people who grew up in the US. Of
1: course, yeah. yeah. You you know who Paul yeah, Wall is. Yeah, you know, because you gotta know. If, if you're you like were,
0: thirty-five and you grew up in the US, you gotta know who Paul Wall is. Yeah,
1: he's he was Come on. an important figure yeah. in two thousand five and two thousand six. Imagine it's two thousand five and dirty south rap and Houston rap, and Houston rap is considered a an arm of dirty south mm-hmm. rap, are becoming more mainstream than ever. Atlanta based rappers like T.I. and Ludacris were everywhere. New Orleans had Lil Wayne and Birdman and Juvenile. Mm-hmm. Don't forget Miami, of mm-hmm. course. You had your rising Rick Ross. This is just mm-hmm. as, you know, hustling is coming this out.
0: Is, this is when he was visiting me at Whole Foods Market. Of Plantation. course. Of
1: course. Uh, a young, cute pit bull mm-hmm. about to ascend into <laughs> international superstardom That's and become Mr. Worldwide. Mr. Worldwide. <laughs>
0: Mr. 305, yep. Mr. Worldwide.
1: And Houston had Slim Thug, Bun B, Mike Jones, and one Mr. Paulie Wallington. Just kidding. That's not his real <laughs> That's name.
0: That's not
1: his name. Although that would be funny yeah. if
0: that was his original name.
1: Paulie Wallington. Pauly Wallington. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to make this like, more hip hop, Jason. Paul Wall. <laughs> it's like, for some reason, your albums aren't selling Mr. Wallington. Bun B is like,
0: <laughs> i can't get on the stage and say this
1: can we shorten this we have to shorten this for instance my name was like bunting bellingham, Buntington bellingham.
0: <laughs> and look at me now i'm bun b it's that simple
1: you need two syllables for a full name anything more than that is ridiculous so funny so paul wall was born paul michael slayton in georgetown texas and grew up in houston texas Very recently, I'm talking 2022, 2023 recently, Paul Wall opened up about his childhood, which was really rough. Mm -hmm. His parents divorced when he was young, and he learned later on that his father was a serial child molester. Apparently, Wall's father at one point even abducted and married a teenage girl. Wow. His father dealt with drug addiction and was pretty much out of the picture for almost all of Paul Wall's life. Although Wall is pretty barren when it comes to the wikipedia personal details huh. page you won't find much there if you do a little digging you can see some input on his actual upbringing which i think is important to understand why paul wall is transcendent in my opinion <laughs> i found this information from someone who is a self-proclaimed houston hip-hop head and this seems to be like the real paul That's wall t
0: these are the sources people
1: need we, I, listen you need to find a hip-hop head of your area <laughs> and, and get get the de- details Paul Wall grew up on Houston's north side in the historically black Acres Homes neighborhood. He had a fucked up family life as his dad was on heroin, etc. <laughs> he grew up with Chameleon Air, and they started out on a street huh. team in the late 90s hustling posters and merch for some different rap labels, making connections along the way. They also made lots of connections with other neighborhood rappers and eventually hooked up with Michael Watts and Swisha House from the same side of Houston. Then Paul and Cham... Became underground legends. I, I know. I cham. <laughs> I know.
0: Wouldn't it be Cam?
1: Yeah, it would be Cam. Okay. I'm sure. always <laughs> thinking Cham, you know?
0: <laughs> Sorry.
1: Yeah, no, you're probably right. It's Cam.
0: <laughs> That's so funny.
1: All in Cham. It's Cham. <laughs> they really hustled hard and put in a ton of work, releasing a boatload of mixtapes. You can look up Color Change and Click on YouTube if you want to hear some of their old mixtape. Like Homer Pimpson, <laughs> The Water Boys, etc. Paul got a lot of respect on the streets for his hustle and how much work he put in. He didn't just blow up overnight. He really worked his ass off. Huh. I think we both agree that it isn't necessary for a rapper to have street cred. <laughs> um, even though that was really important in this time period, yeah. right? Like. That was something that people were always wondering, like, did this person actually have this lifestyle that yeah. they talk about? For me, it's less important
0: Yeah, um, I don't really.
1: now, but at the time, I'm sure I was like, well, that guy, I hope he's, <laughs> I hope he had a really <laughs> hope hard he life. I had a hard-ass <laughs> life.
0: I mean, that's kind of what you're saying. Yeah, it's, it's a awful. Co- I feel like it's probably a complicated thing because it's like, yeah, to a certain degree, I guess there are probably people out there who want. Them to have that credibility, yeah. That they actually like live through these things that they claim to be part of, but also, yeah, I don't want anybody to yeah. have a shitty ass life. I'm not happy that I his want life you was to hard. Sell drugs at 12. like <laughs> No, that sucks. <laughs> I really
1: hope that guy's life sucked. <laughs> is what we're saying. Whatever we think about that, though, Paul Wall has street cred. Yeah, um, he's respected in Houston. Then and now for his diligence and his repping of the city. What's great about Paul Wall is that he doesn't really act hard at all. He acts like he likes cars and jewelry and the ladies.
0: Especially his wife.
1: Well, yeah, now it's his wife. Now he's like, my wife. Every episode. Everything. Every episode. <laughs> <laughs> because he does. Um, he doesn't need to be a guy who's going to kill you to like those things yeah. and also represent a specific socioeconomic status yeah. that he does. Um, Wall had street cred before he blew up, which I think is interesting. And even when he did blow up, it's hard to call it incredibly mainstream it was mainstream we all know who paul wall was but he was the kind of featured guy right paul wall and i do think he is best as a feature featured in nelly's grills mm-hmm. which is was a Plastic. massive song which i'll talk about <laughs> in some detail and kanye's drive slow yeah. he was a guy who showed up on tracks and made those tracks better but he was never the 50 cent style of like breakout right solo yes act. that's true you wouldn't listen to a song just because it was a Paul Wall song, you'd listen to a song and be like, oh, I'm, sa- I'm stoked yes. that Paul I, Wall's on it.
0: If I remember correctly, I don't think a Paul Wall song ever cracked TRL, but many songs that he was featured yes. on cracked TRL. Exactly. Multiple times, yeah. multiple weeks in a row.
1: Yeah, absolutely. He was, he was a part of some really big songs. Yeah. I first became Paul Wall aware in 2005, <laughs> like many other non-Houstonians. <laughs> in late... <laughs> In late 2004, Paul Wall appeared on Mike Jones's first commercially distributed single, Still Tippin', which also featured Slim Thug. The single was a solid success. It was certified platinum and reached number 60 on the Billboard Hot 100, which is not bad for a niche car song with a chopped and screwed beat. Still Tippin' is one of the most quintessential Paul Wall songs, even though it isn't technically a Paul Wall song. It's a Paul Wall feature, Which, as I said, is where he is the best. It's
0: a Paul Wall feature that feels like a Paul Wall (laughs)
1: song. (laughs) You know, that's what we say about Paul Wall. (laughs) Okay? Even when he's a feature, it feels like it's his song. (laughs) The music video, which absolutely rules... Features our performers in the streets, surrounded by modified cars. There's also a cut to a single woman dancing in front of an abandoned Mm -hmm. shed with a DJ spinning the track that we are ostensibly listening to. (laughs) We are finally introduced to Wall's voice in the final verse when he says, What it do? It's Paul Wall. I'm the people's champ. My chain light light up like a lamp, because now I'm back with the camp. (laughs) Okay? Paul Wall is wearing this.
0: It was a type of camp, yeah, I that, guess. Yeah, it was camp. <laughs> <laughs> it's so campy. Oh, if Susan Sontag can see us now.
1: <laughs> Wall is wearing the hip-hop style of the day. Huge jeans. Yep. Parachuting t-shirt. The worst chin beard White-ass slash shoes. chin patch you've ever seen in your fucking life. A jacket that doesn't cover even like half of his belly. It's almost like <laughs> it's like so ridiculous. That
0: was fashion.
1: <laughs> you got cuts to him slow dancing with a model. Guess what? Paul's having a nice time.
0: I, I and we love want to see that it for him.
1: The verse is memorable not for its lyrics, which are what you'd think. He talks about what he likes: his friends, money, <laughs> the ladies. But it's memorable for its (laughs) confidence. He says things like, biggest diamonds off in my mouth, princess cuts all in my chain, wood grain all in my range, dripping stains when I switch lanes. So he has like an oil leak or something? (laughs) (laughs) Dripping stains? It's (laughs) metaphorical. (laughs) Yeah. he's got all these old cars
0: because you know he's wearing a lot of diamonds he's ripping in diamonds okay all right all right it's a fucking
1: (laughs) it's a great verse and it for me it's the verse of the song even though this is a great song either way and if you haven't listened to it, it really is a great song paul wall never asks for your approval (laughs) and his style and verses never seem forced You get from Still Tippin' that sure, Slim Thug is certainly a better rapper than Paul (laughs) Wall. But what's up with this white guy? He's awesome for some reason. That was my first thought about Paul Wall. We (laughs) love him! It's like, I don't know why, but this guy's awesome. Yeah,
0: I think that's what a lot of us kids thought. Right?
1: He's like, this guy's cool. Yeah. And Paul Wall has said before, like, I'm not a white rapper. I'm a rapper who happens to be white. Like, he said things to that effect before. Mm. And, like, okay. Like, for Paul Wall, I'm okay with that.
0: (laughs) We give him a pass. He gets a pass.
1: I don't think, I guess it's maybe not my pass to give, but, like, I think everybody else gives him a pass, too.
0: I mean, it seems like his community certainly Exactly, and that's, like, important.
1: Paul Wall's second studio album, The People's Champ came out in mm-hmm. September 2005 and debuted at number one on Billboard's Top 200. It was certified platinum. I don't remember that Paul Wall was actually number one for a moment in time in yeah, 2005. me
0: neither. Like,
1: do you remember this? I'm
0: shocked that that many people bought it. Yeah.
1: In the year of 50 Cent's The Massacre, Paul goddamn Wall had major success.
0: Also, we were pirating like fucking hell of at that course, point. Of course, and a million people bought this. So I can't believe this. so many people bought it. Yeah, this one, I think Houston shocking. showed up
1: for him probably in a oh, big yeah. way. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: The People's Champ, which I've <laughs> re-listened to some of it this week, it's fine.
0: <laughs> it's a B-minus. Yeah.
1: If you're into chopped and screwed Houston rap, then it's probably great. I, I like some chopped and screwed. I don't think that this is like the best chopped and screwed album, but like, you know, it's great. Um wall doesn't ever pretend to be what he's not in the people's champ. Mm-hmm. He isn't attempting to appeal to everyone. <laughs> he's making Houston music and talking mainly about mouth jewelry and neck jewelry <laughs> and wrist jewelry and finger, you know, thing <laughs> jewels. Just jewels general. Just general jewels. <laughs> The album, however, received mainly positive reviews from critics. That's sick. They, for instance, had to compare Paul Wall to Mike Jones because they were like yeah. seen as a kind of a thing at the time. They liked Paul Wall more than they liked Mike Jones for like a Houston rapper, hmm. which is interesting. Yeah, I know. yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Big hmm to that. Yeah, big hmm.
0: <laughs> I think I know why.
1: Yeah, so I have some critical r- responses to this. Pitchfork writer Tom Breahan... Credited newcomer. Oh, wrote about it. Yeah, apparently oh, so.
0: Wow.
1: Newcomer producer okay. Gridiron for providing some consistent beats throughout the album, and Wall for being an above-average rapper. Saying <laughs> so, Wall is a good rapper, but not a great one. But then this is two thousand five, <laughs> and all a rapper needs to make a good album is enough great, complimentary beats and guest appearances to keep the whole thing interesting all the way through.
0: Accurate as fuck. fair
1: enough all music's andy kelman also praised wall as a rapper saying his flow is something that always fits into the fabric of the track jonah weiner of blender lauded wall's ability to lace crafty wordplay about the typical hip-hop tropes saying that this is materialism at its most mesmerizing (laughs) wow which i really like yeah i like that i mean i guess it was yeah i mean what what else was it for like we weren't partaking in the elements that he was talking about. Not at yet, all. I wanted to see what's going on. <laughs> and yet, I
0: cared to hear it.
1: <laughs> I want to know how about the things you have. did that
0: happen? <laughs> how did that <laughs> <laughs> I had, like, a mix, again, like, the, in the last episode where we talked about music, the Indie Sleaze episode, I talked about how he used to, like, hide CDs. I had, like, a mix of, like, Paul Wall, Ugh. like, songs that he was featured on. Yeah. And other like Houston rap and Southern rap, and I would like hide that CD. That was like one of the mixes you, you were that ashamed I would hide. of. That
1: one, <laughs> dude. If it was me, I would have been like, "This dude, is the I CD. Can't. You, we have dude, to listen." I wasn't to
0: ashamed. You. I wasn't ashamed. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't want to fucking hear it. Okay. <laughs> I loved Outkast, but yeah. I didn't want to fucking hear it. You didn't it.
1: want people to be like, okay? Paul Wall, really?
0: <laughs> that shit is so capitalist, Steph. <laughs> <laughs> You should not be yeah. listening to that.
1: I mean, there's an argument to be made for the fact that the, the sheer absurdity of the capitalism presented I mean, by Paul Wall. I mean, it's camp. It's camp. <laughs> it's ridiculous.
0: <laughs> he was so right. Yeah. He's a scholar, actually. He
1: really is the best. The People's Champ is Paul Wall's most successful album. His follow up, 2007's Get Money, Stay True, which I think he does both, right? That was a popular
0: album title format. That
1: Get Money. Say something like yeah. two, yeah, two, two dependent clauses, yeah. you know? Yeah, separated by a <laughs> comma. Separated by a comma. <laughs> <laughs> Grammatically incorrect. It should be. <laughs> I it's mean. it's fine. It could be a. A sen- two sentences because right. these are both two sentences. Or I guess a, a semicolon? Yeah, you can do a semicolon. But they
0: didn't know.
1: They were like, <laughs> we need to put a semicolon on it. The rapper says this and then the exec's like, they're <laughs> no, not going to get it. They're
0: not going to get it. Your, your fans will not
1: get it. Paul was like, we need that semicolon or it's not <laughs> going to make sense.
0: I believe Paul knows how to use a semicolon. Oh, he does. He
1: does. <laughs> <laughs> so this album, Get Money, Semicolon, Stay True. <laughs> It still sold quite well. It was number eight on Billboard's uh, Top 200. Wow. And it received pretty favorable bad. reviews. But it's clear that Paul Wall's big-time commercial success as a music artist was short-lived, mm-hmm. as it is for pretty much everybody except a few. This doesn't mean that our dear friend disappeared, though. <laughs> he has created 13 Insane. studio albums. Insane. Which means that after The People's Champ has without a doubt, highest-selling album, he still got in the studio 11 more times and came out with full-ass albums.
0: And didn't give a shit that nobody was buying them. He was just like, fuck it. I love it.
1: I gotta get in the studio. That's
0: a man who's really comfortable with who he is.
1: I love him so much. (laughs) Additionally, Wall started a grills business. I mean, he started it before he was a big-time breakout star, but like, he has continued to have a grills business. You can look at his grill collection on YouTube, his personal grill collection. You can also visit the website of his grill company, Sick. which I'll talk about in a bit. He's pretty enthusiastic about having, as he says, diamonds on top of diamonds. Hmm. What he I guess says, I would be too. Yeah, I would be too. It's like <laughs> look, He was like, it's not very traditional to, to have diamonds on top of diamonds, but I wanted diamonds on top of diamonds. It's like, hey, you're non-traditional a non-traditional He's innovator. Guy. <laughs> There's so many diamonds, you can't even see all the diamonds in the back. <laughs> There's just diamonds hidden back there. That's fucking that's art. That's his special treat. <laughs> he knows that there are diamonds that you can't see, yeah, and that's what he likes. That's his secret. What Paul Wall says is true. He is a goddamn hustler. <laughs> he clearly works hard by all accounts, and he treats people well. And he seems to know history really well. I've heard him talk about like Texas history and he knows a lot about hmm. Texas history, specifically the history of like slavery in Texas. Interesting. He can speak relatively well about all these things. I
0: said he was a scholar and I was right. You were right.
1: I think he he's also said some pretty dumb things, but I'm sure not he about is. race. <laughs> yeah. Never said a dumb thing about race as far as I know. I've listened to some interviews with him. He seems like a really cool guy. He seems like a kind of guy that you could have a nice time with. He's I mean, not I An asshole.
0: I imagine his backyard barbecues must be incredible. So much fun, and you're gonna see like must fun people. Must be a blast. <laughs> you're gonna see a lot of fun people.
1: <laughs> have a couple drinks.
0: Have a couple brewskis. I don't know. With your boy Paul Wall. That'd be fun.
1: Okay. Paul Wall,
0: invite us to your Houston home. Give us
1: a grill. <laughs> Call the jewelry store and tell him make me a grill. <laughs> Pretty
0: sure we have to go there. Yeah, yeah. and Get fitted for that.
1: We do. <laughs> if we get enough patrons, we'll go to Paul Wall's Houston-based <laughs> grill, store. <laughs> based grill store. I think it's called Johnny Dang and, Dang and Co. Wow. Um, okay. So part three, Paul Wall's music in three songs. Paul Wall is like ginger, the ingredient. He's great. <laughs> not
0: the Spice Girl. No, no, not the Spice
1: Girl. <laughs> He's great in, in a lot of dishes. You can put him in cocktails. You can put him in juices, desserts. You know, some ginger-based desserts are great. But ginger isn't something you want to have on its own. Okay? Mm. Nobody's gonna order, hey, <laughs> I mean you know what I'm gonna have for dinner? Plate of raw ginger. Roll it out here like a steak. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Wall is good as an ingredient. Many of Wall's so many of like Wall's best solo songs are not his best songs. That's true. His best songs are the features. Yes.
0: Which are his songs.
1: Yes. <laughs> So for one verse... And
0: Paul Wall feature song is a Paul Wall Wall song. song.
1: If Paul Wall's on it, it, the track is his.
0: He just needs some friends there to help him out. Because he's a guy who likes... He loves his brothers! (laughs) He loves his friends.
1: (laughs) Listen. One verse and Paul Wall is the people's champ. Yeah. That's all I need. I agree. He doesn't need to fight more than one round. (laughs) I agree. That's what makes him the champ. He
0: won at the end of that verse. He's not
1: getting paid by the hour. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so let's break it down. Here are my three quintessential Paul Wall songs. Only one of them is actually credited as a Paul Wall song. And that, of course, has to be "Sittin' Sideways. Yes. This song featuring Big Pokey.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Who's a big guy, by the way?
0: I mean, Paul Wall was at the time, hey, too.
1: I just watched the music video. Big Pokey's like, uh, like he must be like 6'8". He's huge. <laughs> they weren't kidding about Big Pokey. <laughs>
0: Well, you can only use that name.
1: (laughs) Or you can use it ironically.
0: (laughs) Yeah, or you can use it ironically, yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Okay, so this song is my favorite Paul Wall song. And the only one on my list, as I said, that's actually a Paul Wall song. (laughs) Musically and lyrically, Sitting Sideways is fantastic. It's certified gold, but it barely made a dent in the Billboard Top 100 I think this is also a niche-ass kind of song, but it's a wonderful example of that Paul Wall Houston sound, that Dirty South sound, um, Chopped and Screwed, whatever. The song samples a line by Big Pokey from his verse on DJ Screws, June 27th, which is a song I've never heard before. The chorus is, sittin' sideways, boys in a daze. It repeats that three times, and then it says, on a Sunday night, I might bang me some maize. <laughs> now, I had to look up what this means. <laughs> <laughs> so bang me some maze, if you can believe it, refers to sex with women.
0: <laughs> no way.
1: <laughs> yep. You're kidding. I guess maze is a, a woman who's amazing. And so oh, even yeah. on a Sunday uh-huh. night, a time when hey, you think people You're are- You're supposed to be relaxed. Yeah, relax. You went to no. church, maybe ate a big old meal. No, no he's no. out there and he's gonna have sex he's with a woman. On a Sunday, on a Sunday night? night. <laughs> God's day? <laughs> this guy doesn't rest. He's better than God. <laughs> So the verse, verse one is a Paul Wall establishing himself as a pretty cool guy. It's the same stuff (laughs) as all Paul (laughs) Walls. But sitting sideways is him at, I think, his most lyrically ready. He is lyrically sharp in sitting sideways. (laughs) He says what he often says, which it's the people's champ. And then he says, I'm something like a baller. The candy paint dripping off of the old school Impala. (laughs) And then he, shout outs his, he shouts out his friends. He says, I'm with Big Bank Hank, that Papa Joe in box, trunk bump like chicken pox, turn the bass up just a notch. So pretty good start.
0: He loves cars.
1: He fucking loves I cars. I love
0: stereo systems inside of cars. He <laughs> does. At the time, this was yeah, important. Yeah, no, I know. That was really
1: important. And it remains then. important, I guess, right? So then he goes on to talk a little bit more about what, what's going on at this parking lot. Because this is a song about cars. <laughs> You see them blades chopping. You see that trunk popping. Hoes that diss me in the club. The same hoes in the parking lot bopping. Mm-hmm. So these ladies are in the they club. They see his
0: car and they're like,
1: uh, "Oh shit!" Oh
0: shit, he's serious.
1: Like, okay, yeah. this guy's a parking lot king. Yeah. They see me in the Jag, acting bad with T. Ferris, another one of his <laughs> friends. Open mouth and showcase ice, and you to see about twenty carrots. Mm-hmm. He loves to talk mm-hmm. about carrots, folks. Mm-hmm. Later on he says he has more carrots than Bugs Bunny's lunch. <laughs> which I enjoy a lot. That's really good. <laughs> in the second verse, he continues to showcase his cars and lady skills, but with that wonderful Paul Wall drawl. Mm. Yeah. You know, like that? It's very strong. He says I'm in the club, posted up with some gangbangers, still flipping the old school candy Cadillac on swangers, which great. <laughs> That's really good. <laughs> I got a styrofoam white cup full of that drank. Looking for that dank. My hustle game sharp as a shank. Big bank take little bank. 84s in candy paint. Trying to find some honey love. My macking game is top rank. <laughs> Damn, we need to bring back macking. Macking. Uh, We're macking.
0: We need to bring that back. That's good. I think, Timeless. I just
1: think it's amazing <laughs> that some people. Okay, 13 studio albums, right?
0: Yeah. There's 13 of them
1: he's assumedly writing about pretty much the The same same thing thing. the same verse just kind of chopped and screwed (laughs) jewelry
0: cars ladies friends
1: at the time I think it was very useful if you wanted to sound smart to say shit like well it's just the same song over and over again what the fuck is the problem with this guy as an older man I can confidently say that hey I like what I like (laughs) And I like Paul Wall. <laughs> I want to hear him talk about cars. I don't. I never want a car like that or jewelry in my mouth. But like,
0: I like it. I hate all of this shit, but I like Paul Wall. Yeah,
1: that's the weird thing about Paul Wall. It's they call it the Paul Wall paradox. And I'm not
0: being. <laughs> and I'm not saying it in an ironic way. No. I genuinely enjoy him yeah
1: well it's interesting because I think it does go back to the fact that he never has seemed like a dick yeah if you heard That's one true. thing that made Paul Wall sound like a dick you'd probably be like oh well fuck this guy he's an asshole yes but then right. you hear him talk and sounds he's
0: like just a, like a nice guy like a cool guy
1: like yeah. cool voice he's normal he's a lot of fun probably to hang somebody's out somebody's gonna
0: with. write it and tell us something terrible
1: yeah. about Paul Wall it's like did you know Paul Wall said this and it's like fuck now, and then we're gonna have to live with that. All I've seen is him with his beautiful family, like posing yeah, for Christmas same. photos. Like, yeah. I, I, whatever. Tell me something bad about Paul Wall. I dare you. <laughs> okay. Okay. If you can only listen to one Paul Wall song, "Sitting Sideways," absolutely number one recommend. Great car song. You know. Yes. Yeah. Hanging out the, in your car. I'll
0: put the YouTube link in our show notes for Oof. everybody.
1: That's that. See, this is the service we provide. <laughs>
0: And you get this for free.
1: (laughs) Pieces of (laughs) trash. All right, next one. This one, probably a really controversial take, but this for me is Paul Wall. You will probably remember this song. Many people in America clearly don't (laughs) remember this song because you can't even find it on Spotify. Really? It's a song called Holla At Me.
0: Oh, yeah. It is
1: DJ Khaled's debut song. It's not
0: on Spotify? It's
1: not on Spotify.
0: Is, do you think that DJ Khaled had it scrubbed for Spotify? Maybe, yeah. He's
1: like, I can't have anybody know that I made this song holla at me.
0: <laughs> I mean, DJ Khaled is one of ours, so, you know, all his early shit was like big yeah. down here.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, DJ Khaled, I, I love this song, and this song to me is somehow a Miami song, even though when I listened to it, I was probably in like Narragansett, Rhode <laughs> Island.
0: This is what it's like in Miami. Yeah,
1: this is We're in Miami too, kinda. <laughs> Rhode Island On Beach. a stony ass <laughs> beach. <laughs> fucking Cape Cod or some shit. It's just fucking rocks. <laughs> it's cold out. Yeah, it's just like old people wearing sweaters. <laughs> Miami.
0: Tropical.
1: <laughs> the story behind my association with Holla At Me is long and boring, but pretty much, this song was hot for like three seconds in the summer yeah. of 2006. It was one of those massive collabo songs that yes. appeared at that time. And it was also DJ Khaled's debut single, as I said. The song features Get ready for a hard hitting lineup, folks. This is your starting lineup. Yeah,
0: it's a lot.
1: Lil Wayne. Yep. Pitbull.
0: Yep.
1: Rick Ross. Yep. Fat Joseph.
0: Yep. Fat Joseph.
1: And our own Paul Wall. Dude. First of all,
0: that's the South right up.
1: there. That's the South. Do you need anything else? It's a diverse, <laughs> multiracial This is the United Coalition. Colors of Bennington <laughs> <laughs> in the in southeastern the United States. And guess what, folks? <laughs> they all came together to talk about having sex with the ladies. Yep, that's what it's about. And a few cars and stuff. People don't seem to care or remember this song, but for me, it is quintessential 2006 hip hop extravagance.
0: I mean, yeah, it was that summer before college. Yeah,
1: so for us, we were just trying we were just, to party. We were partying. We were partying. Wall raps the chorus, and he has a great verse, which is my favorite verse of the entire song. He says, "It's Paul Wall, baby, Swisha House Club rocker." He just <laughs> he likes to tell you right away that this is Paul. Okay.
0: Yeah, he wants to make it clear.
1: Don't forget that you're listening to Paul Wall. This isn't Lil Wayne. He just rapped. This is Paul. He just rapped. And then he says, Chunk-a-deuce, sip-a-deuce, pouring up that goose vodka. Grey Goose was big at the time. It was. Lone Star Beast, straight up out the H, shore stopping all the hate, sipping on the ski taste. I got the INS on my tail, immigration still harass, because they see me in a foreign, riding on imported glass. (laughs) And I always thought, is this car all glass? Ah! Yes, it's just a glass car. (laughs) car. He says, "Getting cash is my number one task until I'm under the grass. That's why I'm top of the class." (laughs) And when he says that in the music video, he makes like a little prayer, like when I'm under the grass, like indicating, like you know, when I'm dead, you know, I'm with Jesus. Yes, but getting cash will always be the number one thing. Yes, and as I said, Wall does the chorus here. Says holla at me, baby. What it do? What it is? You never seen a player like this. It's just the best song. It's probably like twelve minutes long. (laughs) (laughs) I was listening because I think I want to do a follow up to this about Rims rap, but I'm not sure. But there's a song called "Riding Rims" by Dem mm-hmm. Franchise Boys, mm-hmm. and I listened to it this morning, and it's like six minutes long.
0: A lot of these songs back then, a lot so of these songs back then were really long.
1: Because they're like, all right, we have twelve rappers, we need to fit them all but in. But
0: also, I feel like they were paying a lot for the samples, mm. so they tried to like stretch it out. Yeah. Because I feel like that was a time when they, people were starting to be careful about sampling. Yeah. And so, yeah, they were like paying a lot for them. So the so so the you know. The label was like, "You better fucking yeah, use that sample. Use that shit." <laughs>
1: <laughs> anyway, holla at me. Guess what? It makes me feel like I'm 18. It makes me feel like I'm in Miami, which like now I actually kind you of you actually am.
0: kind of are now.
1: <laughs> we should just listen to it. Yeah. We're
0: home, baby. We're home.
1: I'm finally home.
0: <laughs> we live where you vacation.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's what Paul was thinking the whole time.
0: <laughs> yes, Houston.
1: Yep, Houston. We live where you vacation. Houston, Texas. And I just want to say, this is what Paul Wall Music is all about. It's just getting together with a group of your friends.
0: And hanging out.
1: Hanging out, looking at diamonds and gold, womanizing.
0: (laughs) 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 There is something particular about hanging out music. Yeah. I'm serious. Yeah, it's true. We love it. Throughout the 20th century, there's there's a lot of songs that are like hanging out songs. I'm just here with my brothers Mm -hmm. doing an activity. Yeah. And I love it.
1: I love it too. <laughs> Student <laughs>
0: activity. Yeah. could be a variety of things. Yeah. In this case, womanizing. Yeah,
1: <laughs> Driving. <laughs> Driving while womanizing. I will say, though, that Pitbull does mention murdering people in the song. <laughs> Who does? Pitbull. Pitbull, he Pitbull says, does? He says, wow, I'm shocked. From the gunshine state where we shoot ya. <laughs> I think was one Not of his highly lines.
0: Not his finest. <laughs> yeah, apparently.
1: <laughs> They'll just kill you.
0: Pitbull, Paul Wall never on, mentioned man. that.
1: <laughs> Paul Wall only mentioned his own death. You know? I know, yeah. And it was after a long life of getting uh, cash. That's
0: kind of funny. That that, 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 lyric, that lyric is really yeah, funny. It
1: is great. Oh my god. Alright, moving on to the final song of the three Paul Wall necessities. <laughs> this is a song that I actually don't like, but it is, if you want to think about Paul Wall, very important. It's grills. Yeah. Okay, folks? How could you talk about Paul Wall without the grill anthem? <laughs> Nelly's super smash hit, Grills, with a Z, produced in 2005, exemplifies the absurdity of the grill era of hip-hop. We were all grill crazy in 2005. We wanted <laughs> we wanted grills and thrills, baby! <laughs> which is what which is what I imagine the thrill's old... Grills and thrills! Yeah. The old white studio executive was talking to Nelly in the meeting. And he says, Nelly, baby, we want Grills and Thrills. And Nelly was like, I think I have something for you. I have a guy. (laughs) I I think I can make you a song.
0: Grills and Thrills is going to be the name of our, like, 2002 (laughs) to 2009 hip-hop night at a club.
1: that's a great idea, (laughs) Grills and and thrills. Thrills. Grills is a basic and objectively annoying song. The beat's annoying, and the message is about the importance of shiny teeth.
0: (laughs) Teeth jewelry. jewelry.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But this is what Paul Wall is about, and I like Paul Wall, and therefore I have to like it. He's in his wheelhouse. I mean, grills
0: are culturally important. Yeah, let me just
1: put it out there. I do think that grills are kind of cool. We're making jokes about Paul and Nelly. Yeah, but
0: like they are culturally important. I recognize that. Yeah,
1: I'm not opposed to grills. I'm not opposed
0: to it. Yeah, it's fine.
1: Merely making life. It's just
0: the media created around it. Yes, it's very funny. (laughs) Yes, to the
1: point where you could have a song called "Grills" and it was the number one song in America. Mm-hmm. For two whole weeks, this was the most played song <laughs> I mean, in the United States of America. It finished the year as the number 12 song.
0: Holy shit, for the whole year? For the
1: whole year. Wow. So please, people, do not forget that Grills...
0: That's insane. grills.
1: A song about Grills was... <laughs> Like, the one of the hottest songs of an entire year of music in a world of billions of people.
0: I just wonder what the person doing the playlist for, like, Hollister that put grills on there. <laughs> like,
1: what they thought the people <laughs> Hollister listening to it yeah.
0: were going to think.
1: Eh, I just
0: need to know, you know?
1: It's, uh, alright, so let's get to the song, because I, I don't like the song, but it is important to talk about. Paul Wall does deliver in his verse of the song, although it is objectively annoying. And I think the, the the chorus is kind of annoying. And the beats, like, okay, we've heard this a thousand times by mm-hmm. two thousand six. He gives us ice and or carrot <laughs> metaphors, and we love him. What
0: more do you want? <laughs> Gucci Mane and Paul Wall, king of ice metaphors, kings of ice metaphors. And Gucci Mane,
1: another grill guy. So yeah,
0: he is. Yeah,
1: mad respect. Paul starts like this. He says, It's the Iceman, Paul Wall. You guys not tell you.
0: People champ Iceman. He's got yeah. a lot of monikers.
1: He says, I got my mouth looking something like a disco ball. <laughs> yeah, I remember. <clears throat> I got the diamonds in the ice all hand set. I might cause a cold front if I yep, take a deep breath. <laughs> That's pretty good. good. And then he goes on, he ends his verse with a combo of, you know, ice and carrot stuff. He says, My mouthpiece simply certified a total package. (laughs) Open my mouth and you see more carrots than a salad. He's right. (laughs) (laughs) Like whole carrots? Yeah, because you're not going to put like whole carrots in a salad. (laughs) It would be crazy. What kind of a salad is that? And the only other alternative is that you're counting counting the chop like a chopped (laughs) carrot as a single carrot. That's not how it works no he's right that'd be crazy how many carrots did you use like, let me count the individual cuts of carrot
0: oh man alright <laughs> You can really hear our delirium as
1: humans in this episode. I just didn't anticipate laughing this much. I was like, this was going to be a somber tribute to Paul Wall. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> okay, his last. Okay, he says, "My teeth are mind blowing, giving everybody chills." Call me George Foreman because I'm selling everybody grills. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Oh man, that's good. such a good song. That's really
0: fucking good. Okay,
1: it's not a good song. Bobby okay. George, <laughs> selling everybody
0: gross. All
1: right, we we know, w-
0: we're, we're missing that in rap right now. We are. Where
1: people are like
0: name me blah <laughs> cuz i'm doing this yeah,
1: well it used to be trump like trump used to be big on That's rap songs true, yeah right?
0: oh man i wonder how i'm the
1: donald trump of blank yeah. you know call me donald trump i'm this yeah, yeah. which is funny, it to, is think funny to think <laughs> about especially now that that we um, all know that he was like not a crook. Yeah. <laughs> yeah bankrupt he's <laughs> awesome <laughs> <laughs> all right all right last last dish part so I want to talk about grills a little bit, yes. grills and rap, because you did mention grills are culturally important. Mm-hmm. And Paul Wall, if he's famous for anything, and I think probably even more so than his rap, is his relationship to grills. Yes. He just loves these things. <laughs> he's fascinated. He loves them. He's <laughs> fascinated. <laughs> if you ask Paul Wall why he likes grills so much, Like, I'm just fascinated by him. <laughs> You take
0: the precious metal and you put it on somebody's seat. Isn't that interesting to very... <laughs> you? Yeah,
1: that's what he says. If it's not
0: interesting, you grow the
1: fuck up. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty interesting. <laughs> so since nineteen ninety eight, Paul Wall has worked in the grills industry. Industry. Yeah, with his friend and business partner, Johnny Deng, who's a, a Vietnamese immigrant. They officially went into business together in 2002 and subsequently sold a $60,000 grill to Lil John. Wow. Johnny Dang is a longtime jeweler who not only credits himself for popularizing grills altogether, but also for influencing Nelly's song, Grills. Yeah. On October 22, 2016, they opened a fine custom jewelry store located oh, nice. in the heart of Houston, Texas. Mm-hmm. So that's where we're eventually going to end up. Paul Wall. Us? Yeah, you and I. We're going to go to, to Deng and Co. We're going
0: to Deng Co, oh, yeah.
1: Wall has worked with Deng to provide grills to various stars and lunatics, including <laughs> Meek Mill, Chris Brown, mm-hmm. Two Chains, B.O.B., Ludacris, P. Diddy, and Olympic swimmer and absolute tool bag, Ryan Lochte. No also way. Also, had an had a, had a American flag grill made for him by what? Deng and Co.
0: Yeah. Did he wear that?
1: Yeah, I think he did to like an accept an award or something. <sighs> um, Listen, I know that grills haven't yet gone out of favor, but they're definitely not the same phenomenon that they were in the 2000s. So I did some grill research, and I was pretty pleasantly surprised to find that there's a whole article about it called A Brief History of Grills in Hip Hop by High Snobiety. Have you ever heard of that before? That website? I've never heard of that website before, but I liked it. It was pretty cool. (laughs) It gives you some great info about this whole grills thing. We love that website. It's a good website. (laughs) We're 35. It's not an app. It's a website. (laughs) It's a website, folks. You get on your big old desktop, (laughs) takes 20 minutes to load. (laughs) So, yes, grills are viewed as more tacky now, but they've always been tacky. And tackiness has kind of always been the point of grills and jewelry at least certain jewelry in general. So this is a quote kind of giving you the way back when up to contemporary times of grills. The Etruscans did it first, then the Mayans. Ancient civilizations who stuck bits of metal over their teeth as a statement of wealth between about 800 BC and 900 BC. Grills faded from fashion between then and the 1970s when people started using gold to replace missing teeth. This was especially popular among poor black New Yorkers, perennial progenitors of style, who you can also thank for inventing hip hop around the same time. What began as a dental necessity soon became a fashion item. It's not obvious who the first rapper to wear a grill was, some credit Atlanta rap pioneers Kilo Ali and Raheem the Dream, Hmm. but when Slick Rick released Mm -hmm. his debut album in 88, his glittery grin changed hip hop forever. Though he had risen to fame four years earlier, performing as MC Ricky D as part of Dougie Fresh's Get Fresh crew, the release of The Great Adventures of Slick Rick yeah. is what established the London-born rapper as a style icon. On the sleeve of the album's lead single, Teenage Love, Rick unleashes a smile that would dazzle a dentist sporting three gold teeth, the middle of which is beset with twinkling diamonds. <laughs> so we have a like serious historical precedent for grills. Yes. Um, dating back to ancient times, but then specifically in America.
0: A necessity first, and then a...
1: Yeah, a necessity that became something of style. Yeah. And then Slick Rick makes it a thing, and then all of a sudden we have, like, an emergent grill culture. So it says, Grills began appearing in the mouths of New York rappers like Just Ice, Big Daddy Kane, and Cool G Rap. This was mostly thanks to Eddie Pline, a Suriname immigrant who started making grills in his Brooklyn apartment after damaging a tooth. As detailed in Lyle Lindgren's recent book, Mouthful of Golds, Pline was offered a gold tooth cap by a dentist but didn't want to commit to a metallic mouth for life. He came up with the idea of temporary gold crowns and soon began selling them out of a pawn shop in Queens, wow. which is really interesting. Very. So once again, a necessity turns into fashion.
0: Yeah.
1: And it turns into fashion probably because of like the fact that to afford it would have been an issue, mm-hmm. like to get a whole gold crown as opposed to like making a temporary one. Yeah. And then you can start making some money off of it. So pretty interesting. In the article, Wall is attributed, our buddy, to the grill boom of the aughts. Yeah. Of course, this grill boom eventually leveled out. Here's a quote. But as its popularity reached its zenith towards the end of the 2000s, the grill started to lose some of its cool. It becomes super commercial and a bit of a pastiche, but that's the guy who invented Uh the grill, biographer Lindgren told Huck earlier this year. And then it goes on to reference one of my favorite films. In Barry Jenkins' Oscar-winning 2016 film Moonlight, the grill takes on a symbolic role when Chiron, a young adult in the midst of an identity crisis, this is when he's an adult. Uh Is it Chiron? I it's it was Chiron. Chiron. Yeah, it's Chiron. Yeah. You're right. I'm reading it as the ancient Greek. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just... Chiron.
0: You, you and your CHs today have been interesting.
1: <laughs> so Chiron, a young adult in the midst of an identity crisis, uses a set of gold-plated fronts as part of a steely outer shell. Yeah. Grappling with black masculinity, Moonlight's use of the grill calls into question the effects of hip-hop's excessive exterior on the inner lives of the young men who listen to it. As Hilton Owls wrote in The New Yorker, Chiron's grill is just another form of armor to shield him from his deepest feelings. Mm-hmm. Grills now hold, in 2023 world, a place in hip hop and even high fashion to an extent. As I said, grills Definitely. have not gone away. Yeah. But no one's writing a song about grills anymore.
0: No. Nobody's really writing songs about material items. objects like they used to. <laughs> There's no more
1: items songs anymore. <laughs> We're in a post. Material society. You know, there was a time, I'm thinking, of course, of Tech 9 where where maybe you write oh, a song yeah. about a drink. Yeah. And that song, I, that song. you know, causes a drink <laughs> boom. There's <laughs> you know, a song called Karabulu. This
0: doesn't happen
1: anymore. No. I'm going to write a song about a single item that I like or a drink <laughs> that I made up. And everybody's no, this on board. Is,
0: that's not the state of hip hop any longer. Yeah. Or popular music at all actually
1: Yeah, it's interesting. I mean like that. probably a good thing, but I don't know.
0: I don't know. Actually I can't
1: really weigh in on it. As a Paul Wall lover, <laughs> I look back on his music fondly, but of, of course in listening to all of this, it feels incredibly dated. The yeah. music itself and the subject matter and the lyrics, it's like, well, this is you could not expect a kid to listen to this and like it. And I even played Sitting Sideways, the music video, for my students earlier today. (laughs) Oh, you did a little experiment. It's a Friday, folks. nice, yeah. And they were like, this song is terrible. Wow. And you know what? I can understand that, because they've heard a certain kind of music. Yeah, but they
0: also like really bad Oh, yeah, they love
1: trash. Don't get me wrong.
0: Like a little peep or whatever.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but i get it because it the the beats of most of paul wall's music especially in this time period are really basic which is the kind of beats that we heard mm-hmm. a lot of and the subject matter is ridiculous yeah i guess. i get it i get it i don't think that they're necessarily thinking in that way but yeah. maybe that's like why they're they can't get over the hump to even consider liking it
0: yeah it's strange
1: like as a historical document you gotta be interested,
0: right? <laughs> I mean, I agree. Yeah. Dude, this was almost
1: twenty years ago.
0: I know. I, w- I realized that when you said two thousand five. Yeah, it
1: blows my mind. I'm like, oh, that was, was like, like 10, ten years shit. ago. No. It's we're 20 almost twenty twenty five right now.
0: We're, it's twenty years ago.
1: What are guys? What are we gonna do to celebrate the twentieth <laughs> anniversary of the People's Champ of sitting sideways on the like, People's Champ? <laughs> well,
0: we're we're gonna make another podcast about Paul oh, Wall. That's be but sick. this time we're, that time we're gonna have Paul Wall
1: on Yo, it. Yeah, that'd be sick. That'd be sick. He's a good interview. Yeah, definitely. We'll definitely talk to him about. Cool so many
0: things. He's only
1: forty-two.
0: Yeah, that that tracks for me.
1: Isn't that wild though?
0: He had okay. So this is like when he first came out. His face looked so young.
1: Yeah, he was young. He was in his because early twenties. Yeah. yeah. So I
0: assumed that he was only like a little bit older than us. You gotta okay. You it got blows my plate. mind with
1: rap though. You know.
0: I know. Because they're all
1: so young when they start. They are
0: very young, but that but it's not just them. There are like a lot of people who were who are still like young right yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. They were only a few years older than us. um, But, I mean, that is mind-blowing to think about. Like, when we were graduating high school, these people were, like, 23.
1: Yeah, which is, like, no That's our peer group. It's our peers. That's so weird. And it gives me a little bit of just hope to know that Paul Wall's, he's out there doing this fight. (laughs) And it's like, he's 42. Well, he's got a lot of kids to support. He's got a lot of kids. He looks good. He looks good. He, He finally, he doesn't have the chin beard. He has a nice full beard. Thank God. He's in 2023 with that thing.
0: Thank God. He's so got a couple been... businesses. He's supporting his friend Johnny Dang.
1: Yep. <laughs> but Johnny Dang would say, I don't need I don't, any support. Yeah, he probably
0: would say that. He's like, I'm, I'm the, the grill that. king. <laughs> I made grill popular.
1: <laughs> yeah, I love those guys. Johnny Dang and Paul Wall. What a good combo. <laughs> anyway, I guess this is all I got for you. That's
0: great. No, this was a great, this was a great, like... <laughs> review. <laughs> the review. I mean that in the R-E-V-U-E way. Yeah, 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 yeah that's what I like about it. <laughs> this is a great review yeah. of that time period. it's It was such a strange time.
1: So strange, and...
0: And fun. We had a lot of fun. We had a lot of
1: fun. <laughs> <laughs> Sound like old people right now? <laughs> we had a lot Damn, of fun.
0: we really had a lot of fun back then. Yeah.
1: yeah, I mean, I know we started with the whole conversation about white rappers and i use that as the bait and switch yes but paul wall really is transcendent not yeah because of his music i don't even know what makes him transcendent it's just like the fact that he is who he is that's what's weird about it okay
0: there's something if i'm looking at him and i'm looking at eminem and i'm just like looking at the way that people interact with them like not not us but the people that they hang around with paul wall is like much more integrated in his community definitely and Eminem wasn't.
1: He yeah. was
0: always kind of. And he even shows this in Eight Mile, which like whatever, it's not real. <laughs> 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 but like it's like the closest thing to real we have about his story, yeah. right? First of all, he give was, me the
1: Paul Wall Eight he Mile. He was,
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I watched the fucking. I app. want the Paul Wall Eight <laughs> Mile. I want Baz Lerman to make the Paul Wall <laughs> version He's of so Eight shiny. Mile. <laughs> He already did Elvis, who has, like, a similar story yeah. in Paul Wall, so whatever. Um, it's just, like, an analog. One is the king, but
1: one is the people's chair.
0: <laughs> exactly, there you go. <laughs> but even in 8 Mile, if you remember, I don't know if you remember seeing it, 8 Mile sticks out in my head so much because I had to freaking sneak into watching it, so it's one of those things that, like, really sne- yeah. sticks out, you know? Like, he was always kind of an outsider. In the movie, he's portrayed as an outsider who, like, comes into this rap community mm-hmm. And doesn't get respect until, like, he finally shows them, like, exactly what he can do. And even then, it's, like, a reluctant respect. It's just, like, oh, you're talented, so I guess we respect you. Not, like, you're our brother now. Yeah. (laughs) Where, like, Paul Wall... And when he hangs out with these guys and you see these music videos, the chemistry between them is obviously, like, pure and true. Yeah, they're just hanging out. You know? Yeah. So it's different. I don't know. Yeah,
1: and that's probably comes down to personality, too. Like, I don't know. I, I mean, I probably
0: mean, but, you to know. a certain extent. Yeah,
1: he's probably... Or, like,
0: boy, the yeah. racial politics in Houston are different sure. from the racial politics in Detroit. So it's, like... That
1: is something that I read quite know? a bit in, ter- in, like, message boards where I was trying to find, like, what what's the story with Paul yeah. Wall? A lot of people from Houston were chiming in and saying, like we don't give a shit that he's white. Like, you get respect for, you know... Yeah, for what you do or whatever, yeah. Yeah, so I... I mean, That's cool. There's
0: there's definitely something to be said, for sure, like, the racial politics of the South and the racial politics of the North are...
1: Paul Wall even said that in an interview about race and racism, because it was about raising biracial children. Yeah. And he said the most like racism I ever encounter is always in the the Northeast. It's always in these places. Like I never see that kind of racism in Houston, but I see it in like whatever. Makes sense. Yeah, And it's like, yeah, sorry, (laughs) (laughs) Northeasterners.
0: Admit your culpability.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You piece of shit. Listen to Paul Wall about race.
0: No, but it's good. It's good. To, I mean, it's. It, I think that that's the biggest difference, truly, between him and yeah. other people of the time,
1: For specifically sure. Eminem. Yeah, you can just. There's a confidence and a relaxation to Paul Wall that lets you know, like, no one else is questioning why he's here. Right. So, like, why are you questioning right. that?
0: Right. Right. And I guess also the his his choice of lyrics mm-hmm. is more accessible to sure. a larger group of people. Sure. You know, like, not every person is going to be like, yeah, I want to kill my mom. (laughs) (laughs) Or was it his ex wife? His his ex girlfriend, yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like, not every person is like, yeah, I want to murder the
1: mother of my child. But everybody has eyes. Everybody likes likes cool
0: stuff. (laughs) And I think that that's the biggest difference. That's fair, that's fair. I don't know. For me, that was the biggest difference, I guess. Yeah,
1: no, that's great. Um, All right, anyway, yeah, listen to to Patreon coming up, you loser idiots. Um,
0: (laughs) He's being his shock jock self right now. That's what we do with Patreon. Warming up for Patreon. Thank you guys for listening.